Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, we will be talking with Alessandra Desiderio, founder of the Crew Child Care Rewards app. In addition to many business accomplishments, Ali is a mom, advocate, and social entrepreneur with an incredible story of resilience and overcoming adversity. Ali shares her journey with us and focuses today on her development of an information sharing app based on her own journey and passion as she realized discovering reputable and affordable childcare was a problem for women and families. With the Crew Child Care Rewards app, Allie is now out to create a world where all parents can afford care for their kids. She strongly believes it all starts with community. The Crew app turns every iPhone and Android into an opportunity for businesses to make social impact and for parents to achieve financial freedom. I'm super excited to introduce my listeners to this wonderful woman, Alessandra Desiderio. She actually heard our podcast and heard about NOCO FM and reached out to us. So I'm super excited to talk about what she is building and growing. And so I would like her to introduce herself. This is Alessandra Desiderio. Welcome to the show. And please tell my listeners a little bit more about who you are and What sparked your interest in what you are now creating? Thank you so much, Nally, for having me. And I just, I'm so excited to to be in in the show and talk about all the things that I'm up to and tell you a little bit about my story. So I came to Colorado 10 years ago. I actually fled domestic violence and my car broke down on I-25 in Colorado Springs. So I stayed and I didn't know how to manage the domestic violence afterwards. I, I, not, I wasn't always sure how to get into the next chapter. So I, I actually slept in the van for two weeks with my kids. And after two weeks, we, were, we just had nothing. So I, I went into the Salvation Army and I I just went right up to the manager and I had bruises on my face and my neck and she said, how can I help you? And I said, I, I really need your help. I left my husband and I don't know where to go. And she just sprang into action. You know, this, mm-hmm. this manager of the Salvation Army, which I found out later wasn't even the right nonprofit to go to, uh, actually drove my family and, and I, my kids who were at that time, you know, three and, and one to the domestic violence shelter in Colorado Springs called Tessa. And we lived there for almost seven weeks. And then after uh, we were able to get some therapy and get some help, I got a one bedroom apartment in a not so great part of town. And I was able to get a $10 an hour job. And then I got a $12 an hour job. 
And then I was able to secure a $15 an hour job, which was a big deal. And it was the most money I had ever made. So I was so excited. I started working at the college and about 30 days later, I went to go drop my kids off to the daycare facility. And I had been receiving childcare assistance through the state called CCAP. But I went to drop the kids off that day and the manager came out or the, the director of the child care facility came out and said, actually, no, you can't drop your kids off because you owe us $1,100 from last month and you no longer qualify for CCAP. Wow. So you'll have to pay the balance that you owe in order to uh, continue to have your kids here. And, you know, th- this was almost 10 years ago. So there's a lot of things that have changed now and there's a, a more help that's available to families. But at that time, there was wasn't anything else for me. So I took my kids to work with me for nine months and hid them under my desk. And I would, I'd bring in coloring books and toys. And then I'd hire students and say, can you walk my kid around the the campus while I'm in this appointment? And I'd put them in classrooms and then I'd have to frantically run back and forth between the classrooms because I didn't know the kids and I didn't know the students that were watching them. And I, you know, never had that licensed care. That wasn't an option for me at that time. That it's like something that just is stained on my on in my soul mm-hmm. from from being able to do that. And there, my boss. I remember my boss bringing me in and saying, "You know, I can lower your pay so you can go back on CCAP." And I looked at him and I said, "Why would I do that? Next year when I get a raise, I'm going to be in the exact same situation I'm right. in right now." And he was like, "How do you know you're going to get a raise?" And I said, "Because I'm awesome." <laughs> so. You know, it's just, it was like the mentality was I didn't want to stay in that, in that situation, but I didn't have anything else. So I just made do with what I could, but so many parents can't do that. Like that's not an option for many, many families. And in fact, most of the people that I've talked to that had situations like mine, they lost their jobs. So that's why I'm so passionate about childcare affordability and availability and having options that work for families that really can't afford that high priced or very, you know, uh, high end childcare facilities or childcare providers. Tell me a little bit more about what you built and what you decided to put together because of this. I started a few years ago. I had this idea to create a corporate sponsored childcare program where businesses would support their employees by paying for their childcare cost. It, it was like an employee perk program and it failed horribly, okay. horribly, like nuclear bomb. And I put all of my money into it. I, I had saved almost $30,000. And at that point I had to make a decision if I was going to buy a house or if I was going to go after this and create a childcare business that, that helped other people. So instead of buying a house, I put all of my savings into this business and it failed. It was a corporate sponsored childcare program. So was it to try to get businesses to help subsidize or pay for some of these expenses or just provide something on their property or close to their property or what was it all about? Yeah, it was a care network that operated more like a corporate sponsored care network than, you know, an, a public care network where although it had a lot of the same providers that the public care networks have, the payments would come directly from these employees FSA accounts and from a pool of money that these corporate partners or businesses or employers that wanted to help their employees so they could draw from both of those funds, I see. the FSA and the employee 
actual employer pool of funds. So, you know, the main holdup was that businesses don't have a ton of money to spend on things like this, especially small businesses. And in the state of Colorado and really around the, the country, small businesses are the ones that actually employ most people. So in, in Colorado, I, I think it's somewhere between 60 and 70% of people that are employed here are employed by small businesses. Wow. So the market to be able to shop this to those partners who really don't have a lot of extra money to spend was so small that it just, it didn't work. And I ran out of money. You know, I mean, I guess I could have kept going on and, and trying to make it work, but I ran out of money and I, I was just so depressed. I, I really slipped into this very deep depression. I felt like I had failed. I had lost everything that I had worked for. And even talking about it now, my, my voice might crack because I get so emotional about it. And I didn't know what to do. I just felt like this was tugging at me. And I didn't pursue anything else. I just went back and I actually got recruited from another company that I had pitched to to work with on the childcare company. And they liked me so much that they actually hired me. And I just was like, okay, I'll do this from now on. I'll just, I'll just do this. But I knew over those two years that I couldn't, you know, and I attended a, a, a conference called the Human Gathering earlier this year, actually. And, you know, it was a very emotional conference. It was very much talking about what we as humans can do to build things that support other humans. And I just broke down. I, I remember being like sobbing in that conference and so many people coming over and kind of putting their hand on my back and go, are you okay? And it was, it was like this moment of release for me to get that all of that. I had failed at before had really led me to this point because I now knew so much about what would work and I hadn't been able to see that before. So after the human gathering, a lot of these ideas and, and pieces started to just come together naturally. And I remember being so motivated one night to start looking for a team that I had up over over a month, 40 days and 40 nights. In fact, actually, I, <laughs> I remember writing every single day and I would go through every single Fiverr profile. Fiverr is a, a contractor platform. And I went through every single profile of anyone who was a development or designer. And, and I looked through everything that they had done. And I narrowed it down from about 4,000 people to wow. 40 people. And then I narrowed it down again to four people. And I would just ask so many questions. And some of these developers would be like, go away. Like you're asking too many questions. But eventually I got pared down to these two people and they were both, you know, out of the country, but I explained this, this concept to them. And one of them was a woman and one of them was a man. And they both said to me, we're parents and we really want to do this. We're really passionate about having opportunities for other parents. So it actually came down to this almost kismet moment where I had people that were in this situation that wanted to build this solution with me. And that was the moment that I was like, okay, this, this is actually going to be a thing now. So yeah, so the way that it works is I actually sat down and I, that, that night I, I drew out every single screen of this app had in my head that now it was it was no longer reliant on small businesses or businesses in general to carry the whole load but it was a general app that everyone could use providers and parents and businesses so i drew out every little screen and then i sent them over to my new team that i had just recruited and, and worked with and they started putting together my app 
And so now we have an app and the way that the app works is that parents are paid for the information that they share about providers and daycare and other care options in their area. For every piece of information that they share, they're given a crew coin. They can spend crew coins in the marketplace of providers and uh, pairs, nannies, babysitters, and they can actually pay for their care with crew coins. They can also convert those crew coins to dollars and transfer them to their PayPal or Venmo account. So they're able to have now a new way to make money to pay for their childcare costs instead of relying on their existing work or their existing opportunities. We're essentially creating another job for them or we're creating another opportunity. And because this is just a form that they fill out and they put the information about the care providers that they find, it's not much different than what they're doing when they're looking for a care provider anyway. When you're out looking for a new babysitter, you know, you're looking to see where are they listed? Are they on care.com? Are they on Sitter City? Instead of having parents have to go to all of these different sites, we work as a directory and we have all of those care profile links on our site, on our app, so that these parents can actually look at that profile of the provider and then they can see if that provider has been background checked on care.com, if they have a profile on Sitter City, if they've ever worked with Nano. And we're able to have that be a source of information for those parents to go to and act like a well that they can keep going back to. Someone can come on the website and be able to put in their recommendation, right, for anywhere from a babysitter nanny all the way up to maybe a more organized organization type of childcare. Number one, what stops them from making a negative review? And then the second thing, which you sort of answered to is, have these been vetted? So just because somebody puts a recommendation, it could be their friend that has their business that is running this, you know, but what you said is then they can go out from your website and then check on other websites, you know, background checks that have already been done basically, which is what they would have already done anyway. Is that correct? Yeah. So to answer your first question, not a review site. So we're not actually rating these providers. We're not a, a rating site and we're not giving them, you know, a certain amount of stars. There are other organizations and even statewide supported organizations that do that. And so instead of creating a base for them to come and and put reviews in, essentially what we're doing is we're saying, give us the links to the provider's Google reviews. Give us the links to the provider's state reviews. Give us the links to the provider's Yelp reviews. And then we're putting those links into our directory. So although parents aren't able to actually leave a review on our site, they will be able to see reviews from other sites about this provider. And then to answer your second question, yes, you can put in your friend's information. If they're a provider or a babysitter or a nanny or someone who might be interested in becoming a nanny, you can actually create a, a record for them and they can now be a provider in our in our um in our community. You don't have to be a licensed provider to be in our community, but we do want to make sure that there's some kind of accountability around those many profiles that those unlicensed providers or even licensed providers might have online. 
So instead of having those unlicensed providers be branded one certain way because they don't have a license, we want to give parents more information about that provider so that they can see that that provider may have positive reviews on another site, or they may have been background checked on another site so that those parents have a better understanding of what they're getting into. It's, it's more about education than it is about rating these providers. Okay. And, yeah. and, you know, got it. So, so what they're leaving, like you said, I mean, this is an information sharing app. So what they're leaving are other websites, not necessarily like their recommendation or review of this particular person or place. Correct. Yeah, they're leaving other websites. They're also they're also able to go out and scour the information, like how many people work at this daycare providers or center? How many of those people have bachelor degrees? How many field trips does this provider take? Where do they go on field trips? So things that aren't typically in other care networks, because we're a pretty in-depth directory, they'll have those pieces of information in our record. So not just the links to other care networks, but more information than what you might find on some of those other care networks. And some of those questions, we're hoping that these parents will actually ask their providers and say, hey, how many people in your daycare facility have bachelor degrees? Is that something that you keep track of? Is there anything that you offer that's like a special needs support for special needs families? So we're hoping that this will also start some conversations with these providers to start to ask more questions about what they do offer or what they want to create. And it becomes more of a, of a conversation and less of a, an attack on providers or a review on providers. Totally makes sense. Okay. And I know that there were other areas of the app that were created. So tell me a little bit more about some of the other things that you had envisioned with this app. You know, providers have to spend so much money on all of the things for their center. I mean, even babysitters have to spend money on things now just to keep families happy. So I really didn't want to try to take money out of the people that take care of our kids. I don't know if you know this, but something that really bothers me is the average wage of a child care worker in the United States is $9.91 per hour. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about making childcare affordable, but we look to cutting the expense from the daycare provider and that's not feasible in this country. It's just not feasible. So I didn't want to make something that was totally reliant on daycares to pay for it. So instead, I wanted to find a way to bridge them uh, the opportunities in the community that they might not have. So the way that this works for providers is that they can have a free account or they can have a premium account. And if they have a free account, they can actually control all the information on their record. They can put anything else that might be missing in the record, but they're not able to upload things like videos or pictures. That's for premium accounts. So they're able to share blog posts or specials and really have an expanded profile with a premium account, but they don't have to. The other thing that the providers get out of this app is the crew coins that they receive from parents who are paying for their services. They can spend in our marketplace on field trips, school supplies, and services for their classroom or care providing services. And so it just allows them to use these crew coins, these payments to expand the opportunities to their families and maybe take some of that cost outside of their own um, bottom line and, and use some of the things that we're creating in our app to pay for those expanded opportunities for their kids. Wow, that's cool. So, yeah, it's just we want to make sure that this is a value add for providers too. And, um, you know, just seeing what all the needs that daycare providers have 
we're hoping that we can expand more things in the future to, to help them. But right now, having the ability to you know, offer more field trips as a daycare provider, that, that's something that could get you more, ki- more kids. Yeah. That's something that could expand your, your center or maybe even have you create a second or third center. So that's what we want to be able to do is, is both you know, support them and what they need, but then inspire them to be able to grow and create more opportunities for childcare. Well, and then you also talked to me a little bit about even having like a corporate leg of this. Is, is that correct? Yep. And we couldn't let that die. I really couldn't. You know, Natalie, I was really looking at how do I engage businesses? This is important to them. Their employees call out of work because they don't have childcare. They lose employees who don't have consistent childcare. And those are high performing employees sometimes that they're losing as a part of their team. So I couldn't let that die. Really was thinking about how can we engage businesses without having them incur a giant expense or having them be the sole providers for this? And what we came up with was corporate pools of money that act similarly to the way that we were going to do this with the Bridge Effect that I had originally kind of thought about with the Bridge Effect, but they're inside the app. And because parents have opportunities to create their own money, corporate partners can just have like a smaller pool of money. And then that is available to all of their employees that can just draw from that pool whenever they need emergency care. Instead of relying on the corporate partners to pay for the entity or all of the childcare services that their employees need, they just have a very small pool that they put money into and then their employees can use it as they need to. So it's, it's more need-based and less, uh, con, you know, a consistent expense. Wow, that's great. So, you know, I always ask people the question of what types of help or connections do you need to push the needle forward? But I also want you to maybe in answering that question, share a little bit more about how you even took it a step forward because you're kind of like this community advocate now. And I believe you had said that you were, you became like a lobbyist as well. So what kinds of things are you working on even as the app is working its way out into different communities and making people aware of the app, you're taking a step forward and you're even doing some other things to, I mean, because of your passion for, for childcare and maybe the lack of connections to childcare. So what are you doing in that realm? And maybe what kinds of help or connections do you need to push the needle forward? Thank you. You know, I'm really passionate about helping women get out of situations that aren't healthy. And I'm really, really passionate about creating opportunities for parents. And I've been pretty loud about that the last five years. So I think a lot of people have heard me. And yeah, at one point, I didn't know what else to do. And I was so frustrated that I just signed up and became a lobbyist. I had never had any training like that. I'm not a lawyer. I just decided one day that I was going to go parked myself at the Capitol until somebody listened to me. Wow. And I think I was there for about five months before I had anybody even sit down with me at lunch. And it was a, you know, it was definitely an uphill battle, but I learned a lot and I was able to learn and listen to what the state was doing in the childcare realm. And, you know, it's one thing to be in that room and be like, but you're doing it wrong, but you're doing it wrong. And it's another thing to say, okay, these are the myths or these are the things that the state is missing. How can I help to support that and fill those, those needs? So I'm not a lobbyist anymore, but that, 
also led me to this point where I was able to kind of see all the things that were needed in this childcare realm. And then as a result of being this very loud mouth, a lot of the people that I came across started to follow me. They were adding me on Facebook and Twitter and they wanted to be my friend. And I was like, okay, sure. So when I started to launch this childcare business, I mean, women were coming out of the woodwork and banging down my door to work with me. I didn't know how to manage that. Like, what do I do? I, I didn't anticipate this. They just, they all wanted a job because they all wanted to work in this realm and finding and solving a social problem. So I started to just grab them. I was like, okay, come on to my team. Okay, come on to my team. And I have a consulting company as well. And and we do things like human resource support. Um, We help catch people who are at the bottom of the organization. And then we also do business development, sales, and outreach. And so I just started putting these women to work and giving them opportunities. These are the women that don't have high school diplomas. They're working at Domino's, but this one woman that uh, came out of the woodwork to, to work with me, she, she actually was on two different phones when I went to go pick up my pizza. She managed three different people and they all walked away smiling. And then she took money from two different customers. Wow. And I just thought, wow, that's amazing. And I, I gave her my card and said, if you're ever looking for anything, please call me. She called me a few weeks later. She said, I don't think you're going to really want to hire me because I don't have a high school diploma. And I've only really ever worked at Domino's for the last 11 years. But, you know, maybe if you have anything. So I said to her, I don't care about any of that. I care about how hard you work and I care about how dedicated you are. And I think that that's part of why these women are, are coming to me and, and asking for my help. And now I have a consulting agency that both supports the childcare rewards app, but then it also supports small businesses and corporate projects and big events in, you know, get putting these women to work. Out of the eight women that work for me right now, five of them are domestic violence victims that have either left or are currently trying to leave. They're being financially controlled. They don't have access to their own money. So in two of those cases, I actually help those women start their own bank accounts and I pay them to their own bank account. And that's really significant. I mean, if I had had something like that 10 years ago when I left my husband, maybe I wouldn't have been living in the van. So it kind of all came together in this way of people want to solve problems. People really want to solve social problems. They really, really do. That's why social entrepreneurship is such a hot word and buzzword. And we, we have so many projects that are, that are focused, focused on that. People want to do this. But we have to find a structure that we can put them to work in. And that's really what I'm, what I'm really passionate about is finding these structures that work for people to create more income and create more opportunity for themselves. everybody, this is Adrian from Feminist Hot Dog, and I want you to join me and my awesome guests as we put the fun in feminism. It's true. On Feminist Hot Dog, we explore all the ways feminism makes the world a better place, no matter who you are. So come hang out on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Mountain on NOCO FM, and don't forget, love yourself and love your buns. See you on Wednesday. Yeah.
that is so amazing because you not only got yourself out of that hole where you were, but you inspired others. I mean, that's why they wanted to connect to you. And then you empowered them by hiring them on, obviously for the culture and you saw their hard work. And then you put them to work in an area that they probably didn't even know that they could do, right? Because you took this woman out of dominoes, you know, and she even said, yeah, I'm not too sure what you can do with me, but you did. I mean, you put her to work, you gave her something that she believed in, you started her own bank account so that she could have that possibility of leaving such an horrific, you know, environment for her. And I mean, you're doing it right now. So that is amazing. And I just commend and applaud you because you probably didn't know that that was even going to come out of that, of what you were doing, where you were just following your heart and following this journey of what you were creating. And it just sort of grew into something where you're saving other people. I mean, you are truly saving other people from, you know, an environment that you might have been familiar with as well. So that is truly incredible. And I thank you so much for that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Dr. Phillips. I really appreciate that. That's so flattering. (laughs) I really am passionate about pulling people out of poverty and I'm passionate about it because I was in poverty and there's even times now that I, I ride the line, you know, I've always, maybe sometimes I'm paycheck to paycheck because I know what that's like as a single parent. I know what that's like as, you know, as somebody who's been at the bottom rock bottom a few different times. And I feel connected to people that are in that same situation and, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. I mean, not, not everybody at the bottom is, is willing to grab a hold of that rock and just start climbing. But a lot of people are, most people are. And I, and again, I think it's just creating structures in business that work for them to start climbing. And that's what I've been really passionate about in my consulting agency. And then being able to take that over and create this app. My hope is that more people will be able to afford things like childcare, go to work and then have opportunities to grow not only our economy, but our social impact too. You never know what somebody else is going to come up with. And that's so true too, because the opportunities, I mean, when you were building something or creating something or having the ideas, I mean, you failed and you failed fast and you failed, you failed pretty big, but it didn't stop you. Right. And so there are a lot of discussions about having an idea, but then failing and then just saying, okay, well, it wasn't for me anyway, especially being a mom, because it's not only you that you are thinking about, but you're thinking about your kids, right? Like, can I really afford to do this again? You know, I have this great idea. Can I really afford to do this, you know? But then the question is, well, what's stopping me? Like if I don't arrive or if I don't come forward with this idea, somebody could be waiting for me on the other side. And I really don't know who that could be, you know, but do I take that chance? And so as a mom, I don't know if you struggled with trying to make that decision or not, whether to try again, or did you just have so much passion knowing that, oh no, I have got to do this. Like if it kills me, I've got to do this because I think that this is going to be super helpful for other people. Like where were you in that thought process? You know, it's so funny. Um, My kids, they watched me. I mean, you know, your kids watch you and they watch everything you do, but my kids were watching me fail. and okay, I'm definitely going to cry now. I remember at the time, you know, my oldest son was about 11 and my youngest son was nine when I said to them that I was going to start this company and that I wanted to solve daycare. And they understood, but they didn't really understand. I just remember my oldest son saying, does that mean we're going to have more daycare? 
<laughs> you know, so we didn't quite get it. But then over the course of two years watching me pitch, I would do a lot of pitching. I was trying to find the money to do the project before doing the project the first time around. And so they would watch me pitch. I, I pitched at the Denver Metro Chamber. I actually won the Sprout Tank. They watched me pitch at, at multiple different contests in Boulder and Fort Collins and even around the country to try to lift this program off the ground. And when I would lose, I would get really upset and I would go home and, and cry. And my oldest son would come and, and just hug me and say, it's okay. It's okay. We're, you know, we're in this together. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, to have my, my 11 or 12 year old at that time say to me, we're in this together. I, it, it did make me want to do this more. And I'm very honest with them. I mean, I've never really lied to them and they've been in some pretty rough situations with me. So they know how bad it can be. And I told them that this is something that tugs at me. It doesn't go away. And, and they both understood. Now they're a little older, they're teenagers. And when I told them I was going to try again, they both got really excited. They said, that's great, mom. We're really excited you're going to do this. So they were just, it's like undying support, you know, and not a lot of families have that. And not a lot of moms necessarily get that support from their kids because sometimes their kids are in their own world. I mean, mine are definitely Or even their their spouses, even their spouses, I have to say too. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, being a mom myself too, and having multiple businesses and things going on that we, you know, we have lots of different hats that we wear. Are you seeing it? And that's exactly like what I say about my kids too. I'm not home all the time, but I know my kids are watching, right? And so do you see some of this fire and inspiration being passed on to your kids? And are they even showing interest in this world of entrepreneurship or giving back even. Yeah. I mean, my oldest son and he's 14 and, you know, he started to struggle in school, I'd say about five years ago. And I knew it wasn't a smart thing because he's, he's so bright, but he was coming home with F's and B's. And I'm, I, I sat him down and I'm like, what is this? And he, uh, he said to me, I'm not motivated. And it was really significant to have this kid look at me and say, I'm not motivated. So I asked him, what's going to motivate you? And I remember him saying, I don't know. And then a few days later, he came to me and he said, I want to be a flight surgeon. I thought, what? Where did that come from? I don't even know anybody that does anything like that. I said, why? He said, because I want to save people when they're right about to die. Oh, wow. And I thought, wow, that's really intense. You know, so what can I do to support that? And I, I asked him that. I said, well, how, do, how can you be that? And he said, well, I think I need to go in the military. What do you think if I went to a military school? <laughs> I mean, what 11-year-old wow. or 10-year-old? No kidding. Old, you know, I don't think my 14-year-old right now would say that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Never. I Absolutely. I don't even know where that came from, you know. So it's definitely from him watching me say, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. You can make it happen. Anything is possible. And so we went and, you know, he did a lot of the work. I mean, this was over the course of two years from like age 10 at age 12, he looked through a lot of military schools and he would send me information about it and sit down and talk about it. And I'd order packets from videos and stuff that we'd watch together. And 
he was still not doing great in school during this time. I was desperately trying to find other programs. I put him in the Big Brother program. I, I got him a mentor. I did everything I could, you know, sports-wise and all the things that, you know, I could be involved with the school. It wasn't enough. So eventually, he was really on the line. He was fine at home, but he was not good in school. So I, I just pulled him out of school and... I was just so desperate. I called Missouri Military Academy, which was one of the top picks that he had. And I explained the situation. You know, my oldest son's father is actually a drug addict. And so he's never been involved in his life. And I don't, you know, there's no child support or anything like that, any support from him. But um, I explained this to the school and they welcomed this kid with open arms. They said, absolutely, bring him here. We're going to give him a, a scholarship. We want him here. Oh, he sounds wow. like he's just a leader underneath. And they just treated him like that. Like they never saw him as anything other than a leader. And that's how he showed up. So now he's 14. He's in ninth grade. He's taking senior level math, senior level English, and he signed up to start taking college classes next semester as a 14 year old that was failing two years ago. And, you know, he's a leader among his classmates. He, you know, finds new ideas and, and tries to implement them in his barracks. And he just stood up and said, I'm going to be a leader. And I actually just saw him. And one of the things that it was a parent weekend, I was sitting down with him and his teacher. And I said, I'm really proud of my kid. And I really don't know where he gets all these things from. And oh, come he on. said, oh, come on, mom. <laughs> yeah. you know, I get it from you. You know, it meant something to have him say it. It meant a lot to have him say that. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, just walking away from parent weekend, knowing that my kid wanted to follow in these footsteps, despite knowing that I had screwed up so many times and I was so at rock bottom, but that's not how he saw me. Yeah. He saw me as like this big presence, big woman that could do anything, even though I had been, you know, at the bottom. And I, that's what drives me. That's what carries me. That's why I keep doing this because I have those kids that say, yeah, you're, you're it, mom, you're it. So, yeah. And, you know, you asked me earlier, how can people get involved with us? And I really want to answer that. You know, first of all, we want people to pre-register for the app. The more people that pre-register, the more people that we're going to be able to have in our app, the more that we'll be able to build the marketplace and offer more opportunities. And also, because this is a revenue sharing app, the more people that are involved in the app, the more revenue that we get to share, which means more money that people can make towards their childcare costs. So number one is pre-registering for our, our app. The second way that they can get involved is they can work with our consulting agency around building structures in their business or startup. And we can even be partners with the childcare program if they see that there's a fit there. And then the third way that they can engage is just to continue to support other organizations that are addressing childcare affordability and poverty issues. We really want to see more people doing things like this. And that's really what I stand for is encouraging people to find the ways that they can solve problems and then go out there and do them. So I think really that's a third way is just get active, you know, get involved in your community, start finding the solution. And, you know, if you need a partner, if you need support, you know, call me, I'm happy to help. But I definitely think that it comes from us as a community solving these problems. That's awesome. So to pre-register, they would go on the website or download the app. Is the app downloadable? 
the app will be live on December 1st. Oh my, coming up. Oh my gosh, how exciting. I know, it's super exciting. And you know, it's so funny. I've only been working on this project for three months. Oh, Such a dedicated team. They've been able to put this together and um, we have a test user group of, you know, 25 people that have given us so much great feedback that this went way faster than I ever thought it could. And I bootstrapped the whole project. Like I told you earlier, I really didn't have the money to do it. So I kind of just scraped it all together and uh, we don't have any investors. We don't have anybody that loaned us any money. We just put it all together ourselves. So, you know, that might be some way for other people to get involved in us if they see opportunity in this. But um, yeah, they can can pre-register on our website. It's crewchildcarerewards.com. And they can also sign up for our newsletter so that we can send them out the the link when we're live in the marketplace there. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been so crazy. I I have a couple of things. Number one, I have a few connections for you. (laughs) A few connections that I will get you connected to after the show. I do have a place that I want you to even visit to start to think about further funding for your app. And I will get you connected there as well. And I just wanted to thank you for your time, for you sharing that story of, you know, what your son went through and how he sees you. I mean, they're going to remember what they remember and what he's remembering is you and being that strong woman, like you said. And so thank you so much for sharing that story as well. And I always have my guests share one piece of advice before they leave with my listeners about just making the world a better place. I know a lot of people want to do it and have the urge to do it. You are doing it. What is one piece of advice that you can share to get people just lit and, you know, getting that fire under them to go out and make the world a better place? You know, I'm really terrible with like one-liners because I talk so much. I don't know that I can give you like a one-liner. Give it all to me then. (laughs) I mean, I think my view of it is that I got knocked down a lot. I mean, there's a lot of parts of my story that I didn't really get to share today. And and that's fine. I'm happy that I got to tell you all about escaping domestic violence and being able to start a business and, and share about my amazing kids. And there's a lot of things that I had to go through and I really didn't want to keep going. You know, I personally struggle with depression and anxiety and think most people that start businesses do, but I really, really have to tell myself to keep going. And that's something that I've always struggled with when things are just down on all the chips. I have no chips. There's no chips. I'm at the bottom. I have to look at myself in the mirror and say, you have it. You got this. You, you, you can keep going. So to some degree, I think it's that punch in the gut where you actually get to say to yourself, you can do this. And then the other side of it is personally having things to catch that motivation for yourself and say, okay, I'm going to go download an app that allows me to you know, make a list of the things I need to do, or I'm going to ask somebody to look at my resume, or I'm going to reach out to that crazy lady on the podcast and see if there's any way that maybe she can help me. <laughs> that it's was the other that. crazy lady, correct? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know, definitely this crazy lady, not the other one. But, you know, I think that it's taking that action cleaning something up and finding something that maybe is really eating at you and then going back and cleaning it up and things that I struggle with is sometimes I just, I get so excited and I, I, I say things or I do things and then I have to kind of go back and be like, hold on, I didn't mean it that way. You know, this, this is really what I meant. This is what I want to do. And sometimes that's really difficult for me because I'm hurt or I'm embarrassed and cleaning something up 
is always been that ability to just then go forward. Now I have a clean space and I can go create something. I can put a new action there. I think what we struggle with as humans is we, we kind of motivate ourselves and then we're like, okay, I got to go put an action on top of all this other stuff that is unresolved. And we get really overwhelmed. So we don't do that. We don't, we don't take the action because we're like, oh, well, what about all this other stuff I was supposed to do? Look at all the stuff that you were supposed to do, right? And take one action out of that and do it. Then it kind of frees you up to say, oh, now I can create something new. So it's going back to what have you not resolved and resolving one thing there. And that in itself is you overcoming adversity. That's you overcoming whatever's been stuck there for you, not being stuck with it saying I'm letting this go so that I can create something new. That's my piece of advice is clean up whatever's in your past so that you can create something new in your future. And if you don't have a clean space, it doesn't have to be perfect. Even if people are like, I don't forgive you. I don't, I don't want to No, the fact that you did it, it frees you up. It gives you the opportunity to now go in and, and be creative. And so that's my, my little non one liner of, of, I of advice. Love or, it. I love it. And again, I mean, wow, just thank you so much because you are completely an inspiring and beautiful soul and woman and mother and entrepreneur. So thank you so much for that advice, because I think that's going to reach the people that need to hear that. So thank you so much. Dr. Phillips, I cannot thank you enough for having me on this show and, and giving me the opportunity to share my story and just chat with you. And, you know, you are an amazing woman. I mean, you have a, such a track record of, of being able to go out there and share stories, but you have your own impact that you've made. And it's an honor to be able to chat with you and, and share my own story with you, knowing, you know, you have you have such an incredible story, too. So oh, I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World and thank you NOCO FM for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM. 